This is a show about facing fear, unlocking courage, and taking action. Courage isn't necessarily a daunting thing. It's gonna give you more purpose, it's gonna give you more drive. It feels like making a courageous decision is going to get you closer to who you aspire to be. It's knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. You know, nothing's perfect, you're always gonna make mistakes, and that's totally fine. Take these educated risks, and without taking a risk, you're never gonna succeed. So if you do something and it doesn't necessarily work out, that's okay. Like, at least we took a chance, you know, we're not just following the norm. I mean, here's probably the most courageous thing I'm going to say. It's bullshit that you get to present creative with your fancy accent because <laughs> like, like, let's call it what it is. I mean, you do, you, this, you know, this is like an extra secret weapon, right? My British accent. Well, it is, but also technically I, you know, soccer is football. You know, oh, look at you. Uh, wow. It's a British sport, you know, well, from <laughs> I can, I, mean, I should technically be the master at, you know, discussing creative about soccer than other sports. So, you know, we're in it with a British accent, maybe. <laughs> well, well, okay. I, I should go back up to the top. So let's go back up to the top. All right. So for, for anyone that's, that's taking a listen, you're probably listening for one of four reasons. One, you know, you're, you're, you're a longtime listener and I am like grateful that you choose to, spend 30 to an hour with me on a, on a weekly basis. So that's really, really cool. Uh, two, you probably love soccer or football, as some might call it, and you're aware of Will's ridiculously large challenge competing in his own city now on how to make the galaxy the galaxy. And the galaxy, I mean, gosh, if you ever get an opportunity to walk the building, you will feel the legacy, you will feel the trophies, and I know fans, yeah, I know what you're thinking. That doesn't have anything to do with this season. And we want to win now. And I'm Will will talk about that. Three, if you look at the work, Will, that you've done in your career, and you can't not notice when you go to willmisselbrook.com, there's a, a free plug. I mean, you've got Nike and Commanders and BBC and Google and I mean Gucci and Cosmopolitan, which I've learned is not Cosmo, by the way. It's Cosmopolitan people. Right. And so just the work, the work you've been able to, and it's not just even the work. Like I think a lot of creatives surrender themselves to a niche. And then down the, the niche rabbit hole you go and you're an expert in healthcare. You're an expert in this. And you've been able to sort of run the gamut of, of industries and verticals, which is awesome. And then fourth, yes, <laughs> I'll set this up with the story. I'd say about, gosh, eight months ago, in a foreign land, you and I are trapped in the mountains and we're both speaking yeah. um, at, at the gathering. And, you know, if you know me, know me, you know I'm a Washington Redskins slash Washington Commanders fan. And I... The minute I saw that you were on the docket, I was like, I am I am going to this meeting. And little boy Ryan Berman, not even meeting, your session. Little boy Ryan Berman, eight-year-old Ryan Berman with a head of hair, was like, I am going to hear what this man has to say. And I was like wildly impressed with with you. And my bu and, and my bullshit accent, right? <laughs> I, I hold on. I didn't say the accent was bullshit. I just think it gives a little extra oh. so. We, you might be listening because you're an NFL fan, you're a Commanders fan, 
And so, first of all, you know, Will, you're about, gosh, you're probably like, what are you, a month in now, two months into yeah. this new world? A couple of months in at uh, LA Galaxy. And thank you, mate, for the kind words. It was, uh, I really appreciate the, the, the lead up backstory to that. So, uh, it should be my PR agent. It was great. So, I appreciate it. Well, I, I do have a pretty expensive rate. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> but look, what most people don't know about you is, even through the commander's work, you were basically commuting from LA to DC every week. Well, the first, I guess, eight months, six, no, six to eight months of um, joining the then Washington football team, it, we, we were still in COVID. So thankfully it was, you know, everything was working remotely. And I'd, I'd moved to LA about a year before taking the Washington football team job. So Working remote was fine. And then obviously when we were back into real world, my now wife was adamant we weren't going to move to DC. So I had to, yeah, basically get on a plane Monday, come back Friday for, you know, almost a year and a half, basically. So it's nice to be uh, rooted here. Although actually, honestly, the commute to work here at Galaxy is probably the same amount of time as it is getting on a plane to DC and back <laughs> once a week than sitting in a car two hours a day. So, yeah, it's I think out. All right. Well, there's lots in there too. So first of all, this is, I think the first time I verbally heard you say the words, my wife. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I got married about a month ago. I think it was. So yeah. All right. Let's, let's hear the, the honeymoon choice. Where'd you go? We haven't done it yet. We had a destination wedding because of family London, her family's East coast. We're West coast. We've actually got married in Antigua. So technically that's kind of within itself is, you know, kind of nice little honeymoon, but yeah, we decided, and I'd also just joined galaxy. I'd been here for like a week and then told my boss, Chris, I was like, Hey, look, I got to take a week off for a wedding. <laughs> Even though I've just joined, I, shall I delay the start days? Like, no, 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 it's totally fine. So I literally just joined, did a week here in the office, flew out, did the wedding, and then came straight back into the office. Yeah, we, we delayed the honeymoon until I think next year, we're thinking. Hey, what's on, where are you thinking? Where are you going? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Japan, maybe? We're thinking. We haven't really, honestly, kind of solidified it, but thinking there could be fun. Probably need another beach moment at some point, but... Yeah. I mean, I, technically, I guess you're a little busy, right? You're in season. The season has started. You're, you're rolling up your sleeves on this. So, so you're the last two titles that you've had you were they're long titles by the way chief creative <laughs> officer and chief content officer these are that's one business card so you were chief creative officer and chief content officer for the commanders and here you are again chief creative officer chief content officer for the galaxy but but really are you also cmo i mean is there a cmo and or is that you yeah no it's all at the end of the day, everything i do and have done is all in marketing right it's all rooted in marketing and so and i oversee the marketing group here and I also did at the uh, commanders as well. I think uh, when I remember speaking to Washington com well, football team at the time about the role, they you know they were like, "Oh, we want to you know, call you title you as a chief marketing officer." That's kind of like, you know, like you know, the world of marketing has evolved and changed so much, and you know, I think the CMO role within itself is is has changed, especially when it comes to entertainment and media and sort of the lifestyle space, which sports is rooted in. I was like, look, I'm, I'm coming at this from a different lens than the traditional CMO function in the sense of like, you know, I'm coming at it much more from the storytelling, but in the, the creative at the very forefront versus, and this isn't me shitting on CMOs in any way at all, you know, looking at it much more from a, like the analytics or the media spend perspective and you know not having to outsource a lot of the work to agencies it's 
controlling our narrative and putting that at the forefront of everything we do in order to tell you know more compelling stories it's going to hopefully reach an audience in a way that is authentic and and content that they want to engage with versus being forced to engage with so i remember when i spoke to the football team i was like look you know the chief creative officer role or chief content officer role is is not unique in so many other industries such as entertainment and if we are moving towards being a full entertainment and media brand why not my role be focused as that versus the uh, chief marketing officer that's how we we ended up you know coming to that agreement when i was at washington football team and as i said like you know everything i still do is is all rooted in marketing but just you know flipping that the more traditional model on its head a little bit and putting the creative at the forefront and then when i was you know talking to galaxy they you know they were like oh yeah kind of one of the, the same <laughs> Your same title. I was like, all right, well, it's it's long, like you said, but yeah, sure. Let's uh no, I want to keep the the same momentum going and bring that that thought process and strategy to the MLS versus just the NFL. So yeah. I, I don't see how I can't toggle back between both worlds because I I mean you're just starting this new world and you know, we, we met in your last world. So so forgive me for that, but can you share how you tiptoed into like how did commanders happen because if i remember it was like it was freelance first right no okay i know i have to back up but thank you for having me on your show by the way i'm so honored to be on this so i appreciate i really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and for all the listeners i actually have you to thank for this role my role here at galaxy you're the one who introduced me to chris klein He's now my boss, so you know I've you know it's all all because of you, mate. The yeah, come oh, on, man. I'm crying over here a little bit. Come <laughs> on. Man. Oh, you are. Yeah, it was when we when we were hanging out. Like, uh, you know, we we connected afterwards, and you're like, hey, here's another football that you actually might know more about. And I was like, actually, yeah, I do know more about soccer than American football. <laughs> the commanders role. So yeah, before that, I was at, uh, on the media side, I was at Wall Street Journal as their chief creative officer there, and. I'd known two guys at the commander at Washington football team, Greg Resch, who was the COO and CFO, and I'd known Jason Wright, the president as well. And I remember chatting to Greg early on and, you know, he was asking me questions about like how, you know, in order for them to transform more into a brand and really pushing into the entertainment and media space and was like, just kind of picking my brain a bit, like what are, what are ways we should be approaching our, our content and creative strategy and you know, so I was basically helping, you know, giving them some advice slash ideas. And you know, after a couple of months of just conversations and even helping sort of develop some initial concepts with those guys, that's when Greg was like, look, you know, we and Jason got on the phone. You're like, look, we, you know, we want you to come and join us. And so at that time, honestly, I, I, obviously I'm a big NFL fan, but I didn't know Washington football team. I, I was like, who is, who are these guys? They're like a college. <laughs> so I had to look them up. I was like, oh shit, yes, you know, this is they're serious. I just didn't realize the interim name from Redskins to Washington football teams. And I was like fascinated by that. The the move um, coming away from Dan was like, yeah, look, we want to really push towards being entertainment and media. And and I was like, okay, yeah, this is the right opportunity. Let's do this. Do something different that hasn't been done in the NFL. And a lot of the work that I keep seeing from all the teams was so archaic. It was so old school. It was so one way. It was very much like, here are the plays. Here are the plays. So I was like, all right, we can. Let's try and do something different. And honestly, I didn't even know I was walking into the rebrand. To be honest, so uh, that was a nice added uh, extra surprise when I kind of joined that we as they'd started that process that hadn't sort of got as far along, I guess, as, you know, when I, when I first joined. So that was fun to take on the entire rebrand on top of that. So yeah, it was, it was just knowing a couple of people having a bunch of conversations and hearing about how they wanted to progress and differentiate themselves. And 
be a little bit more progressive in that space of content, brand, branding, and creative that it came about? Well, the Wall Street Journal, that makes sense. Like when I hear that as your background, because that is a media entity. And so I could see how your strategy is like, hey, we're we're a media entity. We're not we're not just a football club. Like and I mean you you pulled it off, man. I mean, it's not just people probably don't know this, but there's a Washington branded studios, right? Like mm. it's not it's not just the team. There's now a studio that you've been able to help them build or you built with them before you left. And I should probably say also because if I was a listener and I was me and I was a fan, I would I would want to make sure this is clear. First, it was I I couldn't believe how they kept the secret. This for the, with the mm. exception that's at the very end, and yeah. Joe Theismann maybe saying something he should <laughs> like, and you weren't really part of the. I don't think you were part of the name, the naming, but you were part of the the beauty. Is that accurate? I I think I joined when we were down to like the final three or five, I forget now. So I was definitely part of the process in deciding and helping decide, you know, the final name. It obviously wasn't my final decision to go with the final name, you know, the owners. But, you know, I gave my input when I first joined, like day one, when I sort of saw, uh, I think it was the final three names we were down to. And like, obviously going through the whole process, there was a lot of legalities, a lot of copyright checking and a lot of trademark reviews of what else is out there. And that also helped, you know, decide. But the process itself was very inclusive with fans and the wider community. We had a lot of fan ambassadors involved. Uh, the Native American community were involved in the whole you know, process. And we took it very seriously in terms of looking at a lot of the name selections that had come through. And, and a lot of them made it down to like the final 10, I think. It was inclusive, but yeah, the secrecy side, that was that was a challenge. Even internally, there were only like eight of us, I think, or nine of us working on the rebrand for a major NFL team because, you know, anyone outside of this, that bubble, we, we couldn't let anyone else in, you know, just for the fear of it leaking. So it was a very, very tight-knit group. And then and then the, the other added pressure was working with external partners like, you know, Nike or anyone else we had to bring in to the secret world was also a challenge because then you're obviously putting a bit more risk in in that space as well make sure things don't leak but yeah so so again here's the second courageous thing i'll probably say and <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at this i also remember i also remember walking in the room and it's like imagine your imagine your ex-girlfriend is dating a dude and then you're like shit i actually like the dude <laughs> right like because like it's I have visceral, you know, when when I was seven, eight years old, nine years old, this was this is nostalgia row. We're going to the Redskins games, and they're actually winning championships back then. And so I remember wanting to not like the work, and then I was like, deep down, I'm like, shit, like it's clean, it's modern, and it's you know, it's so easy to be in the line of fire and like, I don't like this, but like I did like I did like the work. I do think it's clean. I do think it's fresh. I do think it's modern. Did, do I think it's my number one choice on names? I probably have another one, but I have a very different reason for it. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter anyway. You know, if you, if you, you were sitting in the job that like, I think five years ago was probably my dream job. It's like, if you could do what you love and make money doing it, by the way, anyone listening, that's the secret. Like you have to have passion for what you do. And if you could, if you can find a way to monetize it, you're off mm -hmm. and running. So I remember being in there and being like, I like that shit. I like that. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. I see why you did that. And actually like your perspective as an outsider to your yeah. point, 
probably was like you could play the unemotional card versus the fan card. Hundred percent. Yeah, mate, that's exactly it. It was enabling me. I mean, I am like a big sports guy, but NFL wasn't certainly my number one sport, or isn't my number one sport. But I wasn't, yeah, going into it with that emotional attachment of being a true fan to the club because I probably would have made, not made some decisions we, we were able to make. So I was able to you know, detach from that. It really helped, I guess, thinking about it as a brand and what the kind of stories we should be telling that's going to help diversify who we are in the in the broader landscape, making us globally relevant versus, you know, still thinking about the Redskins days. You know, so it did certainly help in, in from my perspective going in because I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to treat this like I would a brand narrative and make this into a, a, a bigger storytelling piece versus just about the team I love and I'm dedicated to. Add on the accent, forget it. Just forget <laughs> it. It's like, well, no, right. that, now I'm just known as like the reverse Ted Lasso. You know, I was like, well, you know, you're the guy. He has no idea about it, and you're you're going into sport. But no, I mean, <laughs> did you buy that URL? Please buy that URL. ReverseTedLasso.com. <laughs> that can't be a bad thing. All right. Speaking of accents and global games, so here you are. You're back in LA. Yeah, you have a commute, but at least. It's four wheels versus however many you're on a right. plane. And and you've got the global game and you've got, I mean, Chikorito, it's the beautiful game, but you've got like the team is comprised of, you know, multiple countries, multiple players. It truly is an international affair. Very different. You know, the NFL, it's funny, I had Tim Ellis on a couple of weeks ago. You know, we know, you know, where they're trying to expand and diversify. Now, MLS has, gets this Apple deal. That can't be bad. Yeah. And and it's LA. So you, you're home. And you walk into the room. It, like, what do you think so far? Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, you talk about dream jobs. I mean, I grew up in, when I was growing up in London, I, I mean, I've always been, I've been a fan of Galaxy. I mean, not like as as much of my, my hometown Premier League team, but like, you know, from any person growing up in, in the UK, we were all like, Galaxy was the biggest team in America, you know, and obviously Beckham, Robbie Keynes, Gerrard's like they helped elevate that and make it like a, a, a globally relevant club or team. And so, yeah, I was like, I, I was always a huge fan. They were like, they are the most iconic MLS team in America ever, you know, in terms of not only the rich history it has, it's just like, it, it's, it has that, the breadth because of a lot of the big names that come here. And so, God, it was like a, a, a dream come true for me to be able to work, not only because it's football that I understand, but also just working for LA Galaxy. You know, this is such an incredible, iconic team. And, you know, the stories that it has is is great. But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, we we now have an opportunity since the, the Beckham days where it, the brand was a, a cutting edge in some ways, you know, in terms of reputation and relevance. And so, I'm, you know, it's not saying it's, I feel like we lost our way a little bit, but we need that resurgence. We're going to reignite the the relevancy of this brand and this club and and the team and put us back at the forefront of of, of soccer in America. You know, and this is what it's, I think it's it is the most increasing sort of engaged sport in America right now by five x is soccer right now. And the World Cup is obviously helping put a magnifying glass on it as well. So, God, now is the time. Now is the time for Galaxy to restake its claim. And obviously, Galaxy back then there were half if not even a third of the number of clubs competing within mls so you know it's it's a lot more competition and you know a lot of other brands we we have a another la brand or a soccer team that's obviously popped up along the way and you know they've tried to sort of muscle into our territory a little bit but you know that's to me it's like you know you don't take a job that you're necessarily totally qualified for or, or you're 
you know, do you think it's already half complete or completed? For me, this is the challenge is like, all right, we have a great team. We have a great club. Yeah, sure. We've had a, a pretty shitty start to our season, but the brand itself is the foundation's there. It just needs to be reignited. We need to refine like who we are, our identity and make ourselves present again and innovate in all the stories we're telling, how we're showing up both in the community, but to the wider world and start to um, yeah, put a focus back on like who we are and what we represent. So, so this is on the record. I'm a Chris Klein fan. I think he's being a shit ton of crap. And and look, I get it. If I'm a fan and of course you want to win, of course, you know, and, and, and people are like, visceral about it and i'm a fan i'm a vanny fan too i like what vanny's doing and and this stuff takes time but there there is a line you know this is like one of these lines in marketing nothing kills a bad product faster than great marketing mm. now i'm not saying it's a bad product right that's that's, that's a, the furthest thing of what i'm saying it's a tough start to the season right and so winning solves a lot of problems let's just yeah. call it you know, winning solves, winning helps, the culture feels good about the culture. When you walk in there, how do you make sure that like what you think you know about the galaxy versus doing the research? Like, what does mm -hmm. that look, what does that lap look like for you when you get in there? Yeah, it, it's, it's very different when you walk inside the doors versus seeing it from outside's perspective. Because when I was looking at outside's perspective, you're looking at a lot of the content, the creative that's being put out and your putting a judgment on that and obviously the team performance i mean i, I joined as oh, the season was just beginning obviously it always, like you said winning always helps but I, like one of the m one of the biggest reasons i joined was because chris klein you know i i love the guy i you know, i think he's one of the most humble most thoughtful strategic leaders i've ever met in my entire life and the culture he has built here is phenomenal like i it is night and again this is me sort of uh, putting down sort of working for the commanders but like in terms of just the the camaraderie the the passion and the the friendly feel that we have inside this these walls all working towards the same common goal is is built because of chris right and he's and he's been a part of this team not only because he played and was a legend you know back in the day when he played but you know as a as the president of this team as well like he's i, I believe in his vision as well as greg and greg is an incredible head coach so i'm you know and and you know the the plan that there was they built prior to me joining obviously uh, is is still coming to fruition and you know we still have work to do but you know i believe in 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 chris and greg the, the team on the field and our team off the field and so like you know it's like coming in into this environment that is so everyone's so dedicated to the work we're doing day in day out day in day out and people are killing themselves here because we believe in what this club represents and what we should be standing for and so you know I, i'm i'm here to help whatever i can do to help and continue to improve that relationship with not only our supporters and our our, our fans but also continue to grow our story and, and fan base as, glo as globally as i possibly can to you know people to recognize and see the hard work and passion that goes into into this team and what an mls team stands for that is la galaxy yeah i will I, I will second that maybe this is a better way to say it there's a lot of there's a lot of ego in leadership there's a lot of slickness in leadership and what I love most about Chris is he's real and he listens. Yeah. He's not going to pretend to know it all. And, and that's what I like most about him is he's approachable. And I don't know. I just feel like, of course, if I'm a fan, I want my team to win. And especially because you have a team in the market now, another team in LA that, that's doing very well. I'm sure it makes it for a trying, trying start to the season. Yeah, no, it is. And, but as I said, like the, 
and I don't have, have an influence on what happens on the field, but you know, the, the players are, they all, we all want the same thing, you know, and like I, I, we love our fans and obviously we want to do right by our fans, our supporters and winning is obviously always does help but the mentality and that the positive momentum, especially if we're doing anything off the field with creatively, you know, you've got to, the, the product on the field is always going to impact and reflect everything we do off the field. So, but you know, the whole team is dedicated and, and it has the same vision and passion to succeed here, you know, and that, that, and that boils from Chris, all the way down to our youth team, you know, everyone in between is, has got that same ambition for us to do good. I know that you're in fire hose mode because, I mean, how could you not? Like you just started, the season started, and there's there's a reality to the, the type yeah. of creative that you have to put out into the, into the ether. But I'm sure you have lots of tips and tricks that you'd like to get to for the brand. Before we do that, one of the reasons I felt like that you were a good fit and again, I'm not saying like, you know, like you did the work, not me. I loved your process. Like there was a methodology to how, like, I remember seeing like that yeah. sort of like thoughtful, me can you share a little bit about that? Cause I think anyone that's going to onboard would learn something from the process. Well, I remember bouncing. Yeah. I put together this like plan. Remember I sent it to you actually, you know, before I'd even, I think I sent it to Chris and some of the others here. I mean, that's how I, I always try to approach it. It's like, and you know, you and I were talking about it. It's like, you know, we, we have to make people believe again, and it's time for us to, to take back Los Angeles and you know, break through the noise, the clutter, through the saturated environment of content. And so I, I built out this, like, that my what was going through my head, and I started to put it down to, on paper with visuals just to help represent exactly how I think that we could, what we need to do to make this change through the storytelling and the said marketing and content. To your yeah, first question, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you join a, a, a team when the season's already started, right? Because I'm I'm constantly chasing myself in some ways. Oh, I've got two jobs. You know, you've got one where I'm really trying to redefine the brand strategy, the vision of uh, how we should be portrayed. But then we're also chasing every single game. We're having to put out a lot of content to continue to get awareness and get people excited about the upcoming matches we've got coming. So it's finding that balance of like, okay, so when, you know, what can we do to stop X you know, content going out that doesn't feel right on our future brand strategy, and which I worked through and presented and sort of we're, we're beginning to see it come to fruition in some ways, but there's so much more to do. I'm also a big believer of less is more, you know, like so many other sports teams out there just pump out content all the time for the sake of it. And it's very one way. And I, that actually, that can have an impact on a brand itself because, and you're just like, you're desaturating the the, the meaning of the, the the content and what you're putting out. There's not the quality of focus, or the focus of quality, should I say, on what's being put out and is actually representing the brand. It can be detrimental to brands as well. If you're just dumping so much content out there hourly, you know, people aren't stopping to spend time to take in what you're sort of putting out there. So I've got a focus of a quality of a quantity, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the two parts of like, one is defining the brand, the brand strategy, the vision, continue to put out a lot of the content. And then we have a lot of other big initiatives we're, we're going to, we're starting to put in place that is community focused. It is bigger storytelling pieces. It is more about who we are, what we represent, and then finding innovative ways to bring these to life across different channels and platforms that stop people and get you get their attention, depending on, you know, whatever it is. And a lot of that is off the field as well. A lot of people want to know what happens behind the doors here, you know, and, you know, this isn't just the 11 players turning up on the pitch every day. It's, you know, what is fueling them? What is driving them? What are, what are they, what are they into? What are they doing the six days to Saturday? You know, what are their live personal lives all like? So it, it opening up those doors humanizes 
and not only the the players the the brand the club it, it also just allows people to see that you know we are humans and you know everyone what that what the people have to go through the the psychology and the the physical stress a lot of the players and also us as uh, the front office have to go through day in day out in order to achieve, achieve success look i i love what you said about it's not just like the 90 minutes here on the pitch right this, yeah. this is a this is la you know this is there's a star in the galaxy you know logo for a reason and when you, when you think of la and culture like what is chicorito like on saturday is he in venice what you know i think there's like a almost a romantic but modern way to bring those stories to life what are these guys like off the field and so i could totally see you going in that direction where that by the way where that's probably a positive i'm curious if you've encountered the negative which would be you know in dc everybody wishes the commanders were winning on a regular basis right in la not that we, you're not nobody's everybody's obviously wishing for the galaxy to do well too but you're competing with dodgers and you know clippers and lakers and another soccer team and by the way you're also competing against the los angeles beach i mean it's a yeah. different it's a different it's a different type of threat no um no, I mean, D.C. is a very culturally rich city, as well as L.A. They're just different cultures, right? And, yeah, we have more sports teams here in L.A., so the market is saturated with more sports teams, whereas the commanders, you know, I mean, there are obviously sports teams in D.C., but, you know, the commanders is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest team, I think, there. But, you know, that I think to your point on like making us well, we have to make ourselves culturally and socially relevant right and that's la is so amazing for that because there's so many it is i think probably one of the biggest hubs in america that defines what culture is not only because of the hollywood presence but just the there's so many different divisions within of race of of the different communities of it's so diverse you know with in, in terms of a cultural perspective which makes it so much more exciting and fun i'm not again not saying that dc wasn't but it offers a, a different challenge but one that i think is again rooted in what galaxy initially stood for back in when it was founded you know so i think there's it, it has the foundation of, of uh, owning la from a soccer perspective but you know i think a lot of the people that have come through this this club over the years of our representations of the the most diverse culture that you know is is out there so i'm it's a it's a fun challenge and so yeah me and my bullshit accent from london <laughs> where, where it rains 10 months of the year coming to sunny los angeles is you know I, I also come from a different culture and and i i i'm not from here so that also helps you know in some ways because my eyes are still open to like what's what's trending what what is cool what isn't cool or what is happening out there in society that we can start to use and represent within some of our storytelling and make it sort of again bring the relevancy back to to what of what we who we are as a club and what's what we stand for uh i know that you're you're new in the gig and time is running quick on this pod so one last question for you and then back back to work right um, <laughs> so look there's lots of teams you know galaxy as a team is one team and one of the things I loved about Chris Klein, this was this was last year. He brought the front office team together with the players mm. and gave me the opportunity to address everybody. And I thought that was that's a leader. And I think a lot of MLS clubs don't do that. They like don't mess with the players. Maybe there's fear, you know, on like right. why Chris 
Chris was not that. He's like one message. And I think Vanny, I got to address all of them. And I think he was pleasantly surprised about the topic of like how we need to be bold, how we need to be courageous. I think my, my message was how to live on the left side, on the right side of the hyphen, which is the left side of the hyphen. Right, yeah, I love which that. Sound, which yeah, sounds confusing, cool. but right, you know, cool. winnings, you're on the left side of the hyphen. So, but now you go into this organization and you think about your team and you've got this marketing team, this content team inside this leadership team. You're on both teams. You're also on the galaxy team, lots of teams. How are you holding up right now with managing all the different teams and and on the flip, and I, I may not get a perfectly honest answer, but how are they like? How is the content team dealing with you? Are they like completely different direction? Do you feel like they're adopting what you're pushing? Uh, I hope so, mate. Otherwise, we should ask them. Maybe they're like, "No, he's an idiot." Um, <laughs> but I, I, how do I how do I articulate this? Um, you know, I like to show the team in terms of creative ideas, content versus just being like, "Hey, come back to me with a bunch of ideas, and I'll just pick one." Right? And you know, I've worked, worked for a lot of leaders in my life, and you know, the ones that are truly know their craft, and you can see their passion, and you can see the fact that they know what they're talking about. To me, is the leaders that I was, you know really respected and wanted to work for versus others who I, and I'm obviously not naming names, but the others who I, you, you can tell are a bit of a fraud and they've, you know, they've got through their careers through the politics maybe versus actually knowing all of their craft. So you know, I spent so much time trying to inspire my team by, by actually coming up with genuine like ideas and strategies and, you know, even going down to the new degree of Photoshopping work just to show them you know that you know this is uh, I'm I'm real and I'm not obviously I'm fake and trying to which I say I just back it up. The team here is awesome. Like it's almost they're not they're not separate. There's no segregation in terms of groups within this uh, within the the front office of of LA Galaxy. Which you know the commanders was a lot bigger in terms of the organization, a lot more people. Whereas here it's the same construct and structure from an organization's perspective. You know you got your ticketing group, you've got your sponsorship, you've got your marketing group, you've got you know, the different teams, but it's just a slightly smaller amount of people. So I'm used to the same, it's the same world structure wise, just a slightly smaller group, which is a lot better and easier because it's, you know, you, you can speak to each other and, and, and quicker and, you know, you can get through a lot of processes a lot quicker as well. You know, so like, I, yeah, spend a lot of time hands-on with my group, just to make sure that, you know, they, they, they are feeling inspired and I'm not here to critique and sort of throw things out and be like, no, I hate all this and be that boss that comes in. It's just trying to use fear as a way to lead. It's much more, I'm trying to lead through inspiration versus the fear factor. And again, that comes through through showing and, you know, that you you prove your quality and craft by showing up and showing the, the quality of the work. And then that has that ripple effect out into other areas within the front office and onto soccer as well. They can start to see quality of the storytelling and the work that we're putting out and the, the people want to get involved like they the players are like holy shit i saw that that was awesome i want to do more of that or the coaches are like holy shit that piece you did out and the academy was amazing like we need to be doing more of that of our storytelling so it's kind of you know doing not saying is kind of my big mantra you know and, and testing and like nothing's perfect you're always gonna make mistakes and that's totally fine take these educated risks and without taking a risk you're never going to succeed so if you do something and it doesn't necessarily work out that's okay like at least we took a chance you know we're not just following the norm and one thing i was told my team when i first arrived here is like guys like one thing i don't want to hear are two things one thing i don't want to hear is hey we did this last year we should do this again like fuck that we should not be doing what we did last year we should do we should be doing everything differently new like think up new ways to approach things and i don't want to hear from my team as well as like oh we saw the you know the team in chicago or austin were doing this we should do that same thing 
we're not here to copy other people. You know, we're trying to differentiate ourselves in everything we're, we're doing, both from the brand, the product, the content, in order to cut through that noise and make us, you know, the stories we tell just differentiate ourselves. So that's been a lot of my focus as well is like inspiring people here to think differently. Look at what people are doing in fashion, what they're doing in music, what they're doing in finance. It could be anywhere. Like what other brands are doing in other spaces is such a great place to gain your inspiration and how you can then take pieces of that and apply it to our methodology is important because if a brand is, I don't know, selling water bottles, but they're doing such a great job of it, it's not necessarily about the product. It's actually about how they're looking, how they apply the challenge of selling a water bottle to a mass consumer base. So you know, a lot of the sessions I do with my team is going out there and looking at what other brands and other people are doing in different spaces and seeing how we can start to take inspiration from that and apply it to our own ideologies and methodologies from storytelling. Well, again, I, I think even that, like there's iconic LA, right? Like what iconic yeah. LA brands yeah. are just, right? And I, and I guess you can make a case and challenge me that iconic in general, like what are those iconic marks? Uh, I mean, I just think iconic LA is so very much like on the nose all right look i'm hoping i want to make a note to myself mate you got to come out to a game that's why i want you to come for me you want to see it for yourself you know my knee is a little shaky i, I can't start i can come off the bench <laughs> maybe i can come off the bench I, i'd love i'd love to come up and and maybe yeah i'm gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna make a note that a year from now that i'm gonna have you back on the show or the newsletter depending on how busy you are because i think a year from now you'll have a chance to deal with the floodgates that you're dealing with now, but also have some time off to like, you know, I'm, if I know you, there's a branded studio idea in here. It might oh, be there that. Already is, mate. Galaxy Studios is already uh, on its way. All right, yeah. cool. And, and take us home, man. If there's like one takeaway for the listener, let's say the listener is a content creator or perhaps they're, they want to be a content creator or they're a marketer or they're creative. You can pick what, what do you want them to walk away from our, our conversation. Wow. Uh, I think you're a legend, by the way, so Ryan, thank you for having me on your show. So that's one thing people should tune in each week for Ryan, because he is he's a master at his craft and I have such huge respect for you. I, I always go back to taking, if you know your, your craft and you know your, you've got an idea and you think you believe in your idea, stick with it and take a risk. You know, I'm, again, I'm always, always about taking those chances and taking those risks and you, you you learn from those in order to improve and better yourself not only just as a human being but in your craft so believe in what you're what, what you're thinking and putting down and and follow it through and try it you know trying is 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 the only way to to really sort of succeed in life i think and being courageous mate and being curious I, being curious about what's happening in other spaces and don't pigeonhole yourself into one thought process always be inspired by what's happening happening around you and i know that's a multi, there's a bunch of things as well but also no idea is the right idea i always believe as well like you know I hate, i've worked for a lot of big creative leaders in my time some of them's like no this is what we have to do it's like no no, no. A creative is so subjective and so you have to listen keep your ears open and be amenable to feedback and change if you know if you don't if, if your idea is not perceived to be the most perfect one like i think you know a good idea can come from so many different places and, and people collectively so always be willing to keep your mind and ears open to feedback and input in order to help build on an idea that you may have in order for it to grow. And in the spirit of that, I kept my eyes and ears open and I was courageous. I bought reverse Ted Lasso.com. <laughs> I, I now own it. I'm going to sell it to you for $20,000. <laughs> that was, that's my risk. That's well, how did I do? 
Well, you did great. Well, actually, you're a three. Let's let's make a show. We could, you know, make the show. I'll be the star of. We could oh. be a British guy who enters a you know, NFL team, and you know, <laughs> this stuff writes itself, man. This one writes yeah. itself, I think. All right, Will. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too, mate. You're the best. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Courageous Podcast. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. See you again next week.